Canadian Export Challenge and the Startup Canada Awards are coming to a city near you. Entrepreneurs in Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Mississauga, Montreal, and Fredericton have the opportunity for a full-day entrepreneurial experience. In the morning and afternoon, attend your one-day global accelerator where you will connect to Canada's entire trade, export, and growth ecosystem. Accepted entrepreneurs have the chance to pitch to win $25,000 in cash and up to an additional $100,000 in in-kind scaling support. In the evening, celebrate the winners of the 2019 Startup Canada Awards who are driving innovation and growing the economy in your region. Register for the Canadian Export Challenge at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC and get your tickets to your local award ceremony at startupaward.ca. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As an online retailer, you can optimize every stage of your workflow to satisfy your customers. Learn how with a free ebook, Mastering Your E-Commerce Operations from Canada Post. Download yours at canadapost.ca forward slash ecombook. I landed a contract in Italy, but I need five freelancers to make it happen. I said, sure, let's chat over coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC. Take on the world. Building your dream. Work-life balance. Scaling up. Discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you and your business. Just check us out at goforthgarage.com. That's goforth garage.com. This is Michael Haynes, B2B customer and marketing strategy specialist and author of Listen, Innovate, Grow. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is a really cool uh, podcast for me for all kinds of different reasons. One is, this is an awfully good friend of mine we're going to chat with today, Mr. Michael Haynes. The second part is, is that he is in Oz right now, Oz meaning Australia. So this is a first for the Startup Canada podcast show. Uh, Canadian uh, expat down in Australia and doing some amazing things. Michael is a business to business customer strategy 
specialist. He has over 20 years experience working with companies in Australia, Brazil, and Canada, helping them to develop and implement customer-driven strategies and programs. Michael has worked with startups and small to medium enterprises, SMEs as we call them, across a range of industries, including professional services, IT, and transportation. Recognizing that there was a lack of resources to help startups and SMEs thrive in the business-to-business space, B2B, Michael published his first book, Listen, Innovate, Grow, a guide for startups and SMEs to acquire and grow B2B customers. I've read this book. It is freaking amazing. Michael's an advisor with Startup Canada, as well as a mentor for the University of Technology, Sydney's MBA Entrepreneurship Program. While he now resides in Sydney, Australia, he still considers Canada home and is spending more time back helping his tribe members of startups and SMEs to be successful and take advantage of the opportunities that B2B to be provides. On today's podcast, we're going to talk to Michael about how small businesses can implement B2B strategies in their companies. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit about listen, innovate, grow. Michael, it's so great to have you on the show today. It's 1 a.m. in Australia. You are a true entrepreneur, my friend. Thank you for having me, Rivers. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your podcast. Well, it's great stuff. So look, uh, um, you know, as uh, my friend Mary said, particularly with guys, you want to get them to pay attention, tell them the end of the story first. So what do you hope our listeners are going to take from our conversation today, my friend? Uh, Well, I'm hoping that uh, your listeners will realize that the world of B2B has a lot of great opportunities for them to build and grow successful businesses, Uh, but there are some key things that they need to do to really take advantage of the opportunities that the B2B space offers. Well, that's just great stuff. So, you know, why B2B and not B2C? Um, B2B has a lot of uh, good opportunities and advantages, uh, Rivers. Uh, First of all, there tends to be uh, less competition. So your competition is amongst a much smaller set. Um, Another reason is that business customers are very, very sticky. Once you win them, once you get them, they will stick with you um, even as you move on, grow and do other things. Uh, That's because what you provide as a product or service provider is so vital to their business, uh, to achieving what they're trying to achieve. Uh, so once you get them, and it can be tricky to get them, but once you have them, they will stay with you and they'll be your advocates, champions, and they'll help you build and grow your business as well. Well, that's kind of interesting. You know, that obviously your research has shown that and uh, working with companies has shown that, you know, why is that the case? Why, why will they stay with you um, based on uh, well, various strategies? So can you give us a sense as to, one, why it happens? And then we're going to get into how do you make that happen? Well, why that happens is because as a product or service provider, what you're providing for them will enable them to deliver to meet their end customer requirements. So your expertise, your service levels, uh, those things are critical for them being able to deliver to their customers. So once they can find a product and service provider that delivers and meets their requirements, uh, they will just just stay with you because it's integral to the success of their business. Very cool. So it really is an essence of B2C. uh, Is it fair to say that you really are dealing with customers, whereas B2B, you're dealing with uh, a strategic partnership? 
Yes, it, it very much becomes a strategic partnership. Well, yeah, once you, it's all about building the relationship and delivering value. And once you start delivering that value, yes, you'll become that trusted advisor and partner and you're yeah, part and parcel of their business. Cool. So give us the three key activities that every startup in SME must undertake to build and grow a successful business. And again, we're talking in a B2B environment here. Yes. So Rivers, there are three things that you need to do, and that is you need to listen, you need to innovate, and you need to grow. Interesting topic for a or headline for a book. <laughs> yes, it is, Rivers. <laughs> Indeed. So first off, in terms of listening, you really need to listen on three levels. You need to listen as uh, what I call listening to you. So as the business owner, so you really have to be clear of your own company's objectives, capabilities, strengths, where does it really, where where does it strength lie? Where does it best compete? You need to also listen to the markets. So you need to understand, so for those markets that you're going after, what are those industry trends? What are the characteristics? What are your competitors doing? How are you going to differentiate? And then you need to listen to the business customer. And so you really, and by listening to the business customer, I mean, just not on a company level, but for your particular product and service offering, you need to understand who are the decision makers or the buyers as well as the users of your product and what do they require? What are their strategic priorities? What are their objectives? What are their key challenges? And by listening on all three levels, that will give you clarity as to where you really should be focusing in, as to which industries, which markets, and which customers that your startup or SME is best suited to uh, provide products and services to. So that's listening. Yes. Then secondly, you need to innovate. And so by innovating, I'm not necessarily talking about just product innovation. Rivers, I'm talking about business innovation. So you need to understand where where are the opportunities for you to either make modifications and improvements or introduce new products and services. It could be new processes. It could be uh, new systems. It could be new marketing. Uh, It could be developing new partnerships. So you have to identify what are the ways you can innovate to best meet those customer needs. And a lot of studies have shown that businesses that consistently grow are ones that business innovate. So they will innovate across multiple dimensions. So across products, across their marketing, across their systems, across how they're structured. Uh, So innovation is very, very important as well. And again, you understand where best to innovate by having that in-depth understanding of those industries, markets, and customers you're focusing on. And then the third thing that you need to do, every startup and SME needs to do, Rivers, is that they need to manage the growth. So that's looking after managing their finances, managing their people, managing their culture, creating an environment that enables the members within your team, within that company, to innovate, grow, to be developing your people. So those are the three things that you must do. Listening on three levels, innovating as in business innovating, and then managing the growth as in managing your finances and managing your people, managing your culture. So how does, how does this all begin? Let's kind of, let's kind of uh, understand the framework behind listen, innovate, grow. Is there, uh, is there, do you have a blueprint? Um, We're going to, I think we're going to dive right into your book right now as it relates to that. So how does, I mean, it sounds at a high level exactly what you need to do, but I'm sure it's, easier said than actually done. Are there some some nuggets that 
need to happen within each one of those categories of listen, innovate, grow to uh, ultimately, well, I'll say, guarantee success or at least increase your probability of success? Uh, uh, sure, definitely, Rivers. Um, in terms of listening, it's very important that you're, when I say you're listening to the customer, because it's that element that many startups and SMEs and many businesses in generally fail to do. So it's really getting an in-depth understanding of who are the decision makers for your particular product or service. So for example, you're selling consulting services, you're selling IT consulting services uh, into, let's say, a bank, for example. You, you need to be very clear because business to business, one of the key things is that buyers and users are not one and the same. So taking that IT consulting example. So you're selling IT consulting services into a financial services institution. The decision makers might be the chief technical officer and maybe the CEO. So they may be the decision makers, the people who are going to be to sign the checks, sign the contracts, uh, and they may have influencers who might influence those decisions. You need to make sure that you have an understanding within your target customer. You get an in-depth understanding of both the decision makers, the influencers, as well as the users. So you really have a clear understanding of what are the priorities, what are they trying to achieve, what are their key challenges, so that you know how your product or service offering can meet those requirements. And you get that by having identifying those people and having in-depth discussions, really talking with those key individuals to really understand what's important to them, what it is they're trying to achieve. Right on. So that, cool. that is a... Yeah, that's a very key. <laughs> okay, cool. So I'm, I'm pausing here to see if you were continuing on or I was coming back with a question. Because <laughs> it's, you know, I, I want to make sure the flow's going. So, uh, so as you continue on from there. So, uh, yeah, so listening, so that, that's, that, that's the first key thing is really getting that in-depth understanding um, by identifying who those people are and having in-depth discussions with them because that will show you where to where to focus and that's where things tend to um fall off and and it's not by again and it's not by doing surveys you've really got to work out for your particular offering who are those key decision makers who are those influencers and have those discussions with them to get an understanding of what's required so then you that will then determine what it is that you need to be doing for that particular organization Right on. Love it. Love it. Love it. So what um, what kind of went through your head? I mean, obviously, you've been working for many, many years in this space. W why did you write the book, Listen, Innovate, Grow? Why? What kind of was the, the nugget? You said, you know what? I got to I got to do this. Uh, Rivers, I'd have to say, why did I do it? I think it's because times are changing. It's a great time for startups and SMEs. There often used to be this adage that, well, you know, no one gets fired for hiring IBM. And there was always a view that for large organizations, like your large corporates, that they always wanted to go with the big guys in town. Well, that's not the case anymore, because um, many of the big corporations have now realized and understood that smaller organizations have the level of service they have the hunger and can really provide the expertise, the service level, the quality that they're looking for. Uh, so there's a real great opportunity for startups and SMEs to be able to win those big uh, corporate customers, those larger customers. But you have to understand the dynamics of B2B, that 
the fact that there are multiple stakeholders, multiple people involved in the decision-making process, and that you have to identify those people and really listen to them and understand and meet their needs, both on a professional and also in terms of their personal agendas. But if you can do so, you can develop that relationship and you can really win and grow and obtain those big customers that you seek. So what, you know, as I'm listening to you, uh, and I think I, I, I think I understand the mindset of the entrepreneur. I go, oh my God, Michael, that's just way too much for me to even begin to understand, let alone implement. Uh, what do you say to the entrepreneur that just seems to be overwhelmed at this point and not suggesting that what you're suggesting is incorrect? I, matter of fact, just the opposite. You, uh, I've got a ton of respect for for what you know and how you're you're bringing that knowledge to to your clients. But what do you say to the entrepreneur that at, at that juncture, geez, you know, Michael sounds great, Ben, but I haven't got time to figure all that out. That's overwhelming for me. Um, it it t- it does take a bit of time, but it's not it's not o- overwhelming. Um, it is about doing a little bit of research, leveraging your contacts, and start getting in there having those discussions. And you, startups and SMEs, they know what they're good at, but it's, it's about really um, yeah, making, a little, uh, making a bit of effort to uh, make those contacts. But once you can get in those organizations, you start having those discussions and you demonstrate and you deliver what you're good at, it is indeed highly, highly possible. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So, you know, we've heard about innovation. It's all over the place these days, um, uh, you know, versus, um, uh, you know, just sitting back and, and thinking the status quo. But there's a there's a different approach to it now in that, you know, what what what's about business innovation as opposed to simply product innovation? Can you touch on that for a bit? Sure. So with business innovation, Rivers, it's about not just innovating just in terms of the product. You're looking at other elements of your business that you can improve, modify in order to meet business customer needs. So it's not just about the product. It could be about changing your processes. So coming up with new, improved processes and systems um, in terms of how people can order and deliver your product and service offering, for example, to better meet their requirements. Uh, It could be about organizational innovation. So here we're talking about things like partnering. So working with other SMEs, other startups, um, aligning yourselves, perhaps working with uh, universities, other corporates. So working with other organizations to better fulfill and meet the requirements of what uh, your business customers need. Then it could also be things such as marketing innovation. So how can you uh, engage in new types of marketing in terms of leveraging your current customers, for example, what we call advocacy marketing and leveraging your current customers to be your champion, to do your references, your referrals, to speak on your behalf, um, be it at events, in media, what have you. So it's about looking at different ways to improve your business operations not just across the product, but through your operations, your your how you're organized, how you're structured, your marketing, and it's innovating across multiple ways. That is how you attain sustainable growth. 
Yeah, really cool. So give us some examples, uh, if you can, of organizations that you've worked with in the past, maybe just one at this juncture uh, that you said, this is where this company started from. And if you're comfortable in saying who they are, then that's great. And what they what they uh, did in working with you to really uh, embrace the philosophies and the teachings behind Listen, Innovate, Grow uh, to take them to uh, the next level. Would you have an example you could give us? Well, yeah, well, sure. Actually, there is a uh, insurance brokerage firm in Ottawa that I worked with, um, and they were looking to become more relevant to try to meet some of the neat, better needs of some key niche markets um, within uh, the dental space and some professional services. So they did a, a couple of things what they did. First of all, they improved their current insurance offering, developed packages that were more relevant to meet the needs of these medical professionals uh, and some of these professional service organizations, such as accountants and lawyers. So they did some product innovation, for example. Uh, that was one of the first things that they did. Secondly, they aligned themselves with some niche uh, medical insurance providers to better put together some of those customer solutions. So there we have a bit of organizational innovation. And then they expanded their marketing quite a bit uh, from just doing just advertising to leveraging some of the advocacy marketing where they're getting customers to do references, testimonial, to speak at, at some of their events. So that's an example of this mm -hmm. insurance brokerage that has modified their products. They have done some organizational innovation by uh, engaging in some partnerships, and then also doing some marketing innovation by expanding the kind of marketing that they were doing. And Very by that, cool. they were able to expand into new markets, new niches, uh, and really take the, the company and expand it and really achieve uh, some high levels of growth. So how do you, how do you maintain relationships with your customers? Um, it's about how it's about having it's about understanding what they need and it's about having that regular dialogue right listening and talking with your customers is not just a one-off thing it's something that you need to be continually doing uh because just as our businesses are changing and evolving so are theirs so are their needs and priorities so it's having that regular constant dialogue with your customers uh listening taking in what's new, what's different, what it is they're trying to achieve, and then trying to come up with ways about how you deliver value to them, whether it's being providing information, advice, what have you. Love it. Um, I, uh, I alluded to in the intro about you being in Australia. So, uh, you know, as we're listening to this and uh, we and, and talking about your journey, we're also talking about a journey where you <laughs> you innovated and, and went to <laughs> Australia. Uh, can you talk about that, man? Because that's an entrepreneurial spirit type of thing to do. Can you, can you share with our audience, you know, one, what, what brought you to Australia and are there any unique things that you've learned about the Australia entrepreneur ecosystem that really might not be regularly practiced in Canada, but are pretty relevant? Okay. Um, well, start <laughs> off. That's a tough one. Yeah, okay, I'm sure it is. Yeah. And it's not on the script, ladies and gentlemen. It's not on the script. So in fairness to Michael, uh, who is a great friend of mine, uh, I just find this whole his whole journey very fascinating in that uh, how he how he how he built his business and uh, and so on. And so if there's if there's not some there's not different nuances, that's fine too. But let's start off with your journey down to Australia. 
So Rivers, um, people who know me very well know that I love to travel. It's part of my DNA. And I've always wanted to live and work overseas. Uh, so I finished my MBA uh, back in 97 and always had that burning itch and had my first jobs in Toronto. Uh, always had that itch to go overseas. And finally, this kind of scratched that itch in 2000 and decided to take the plunge down under because I had met a few Australians and it sounded like a really great place but yet quite similar to Canada and Australians do love Canadians. And so, um, yeah, I took the plunge in 2000 and packed up and hopped on a plane and flew 23 hours to the other side of the world and been here ever since. And it's been a fantastic journey and an interesting one um, at that. So, yeah, my love for travel and always my desire to live and work overseas is really what brought me here. Uh, what do I find different about Australians versus Canadians? There's a lot of similarities. Um, so it's hard to say. I, I will say what has stood out for me is that Australians are, uh, they can tell genuine, authentic people, and they will give you a go if they think you're a person that not only has the skills and ability, but you seem like you're a good person and doesn't suffer from the tall poppy syndrome. They do like to see people who they think are good value. Well, let's let's give that person a go. And that's something that has stood out um, and has been beneficial for me for my journey as an entrepreneur here down under. Um, and that's something that has really stood out, um, I have to say. Yeah, very, very cool. And so uh, do you remember who your first customer was in Australia? Uh, yes. Yeah. So my first customer, particularly in the consulting capacity, uh, she was a global marketing director of a large executive recruitment firm. And uh, one of the reasons why I got hired, Rivers, is because she had that um, belief that, well, you know, I could hire from the big firms and I could pay lots of money and get a senior partner and never really get to engage and have them really get into the nuances and really understand my business and work with me, or I can give someone else a go. And uh, that's how I got my first gig doing a big strategic analysis of the Asia Pacific market uh, in the executive recruitment space for this uh, global marketing director. So what do you say to, I mean, a lot of our uh, entrepreneurs are, are solopreneurs um, like you. Uh, they surround themselves with great people like you. Um, but many of them don't leave the, leave the, uh, the boundaries of, of, uh, of Canada. What do you say to people who are looking to other parts of the world to build their business and uh, to, to listen, innovate, and grow their business? Uh, because you've got unique experience around that can you can you talk a bit about uh, how they should approach that that strategy or that thought process um yes absolutely rivers well first of all you need to do your research so find out where are those markets um geographically around the world um research those geographic markets, research those industries, where do you think that you could have a good fit um, and leverage some of the great resources that are available to you in Canada, you know, things like the Business Development Corporation, what have you, uh, make use of those people, those resources as part of your research, because they can be uh, instrumental in helping you uh, navigate your way through those markets. Um, and Rivers, definitely give it a go, um, because the the dynamics of, of business and how business 
buyers think has really opened up. They're looking for quality. They're looking for that expertise. And there's a recognition now that bigger is not necessarily better. Yeah, right on. It's funny you say that. I was um, I was uh, read an article about uh, the uh, the government of New Zealand uh, a while ago. Anyway, they were concerned that the entrepreneurs in their country were not investing in infrastructure. We're not investing in bricks and mortar, and uh, and the reason being is because most of them were off on their sailing vessels for six months of the year, doing it doing their life, doing their business, uh, doing their personal uh, activities from the boat. And uh, so I think that that's right. Bigger isn't necessarily better all the time. So I, I love that you've referenced that point. Um, Michael, where can, uh, where can people hang out with you? Where can people find out more about Listen, Innovate, Grow? And where can they get their book? All that kind of wonderful stuff. So to hang out with me, they can go to the website, listeninnovategrow.com. And there I have all kinds of, uh, there are various articles that are there that, that talk about a range of topics uh, in the B2B space, all geared specifically for startups and SMEs. Uh, there's also my Listen, Innovate, Grow TV channel, which is on YouTube, uh, which also provides a lot of information about various topics pertaining to B2B and also some interviews with fellow startups and entrepreneurs who are out there doing it and doing it successfully. In, in terms of the book, uh, you can get it uh, at amazon.com. Love it. Love it. And is it just a matter of going into amazon.com and writing, listen, innovate, or writing, listen, innovate, grow? Yes, that is correct. It's on all the uh, amazon.com.ca for my folks back in Canada, indeed. Right on, dude. So, Michael, give us some last words, uh, some insights, some, uh, give us the, the golden nugget. If uh, you're, I know you did a great mentorship job up at the Startup Day on the Hill. Can you please uh, make some reference points to uh, something that uh, that you would say to any entrepreneur as the, and don't forget this. Uh, and don't forget this. My big thing would be is really to, it's about get out there, talk to your customers, talk to them on a regular basis and really take in what they say and think of how you can deliver value back to them. Uh, and don't do the talking once. It should be a regular occurrence. And if you keep doing that, you will deliver value and you will build those relationships that will help you succeed and grow. You're awesome, man. I uh, knew this conversation was going to be epic, uh, and uh, I can't imagine what it would be like if it was 1 o'clock in the afternoon versus 1 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but you are amazing, my friend, and uh, thank you so much for being on the Startup Canada podcast show. Uh, we really appreciate your time, uh, and what's other thing that's cool about Michael, ladies and gentlemen, is that even though he's in Australia, he is very, very uh, proud to be a Canadian continues to uh, to uh, convey his uh, his pride in, in our country and what we're doing here with uh, with entrepreneurs so keep on happening my friend thank you so much for having me rivers it's been a pleasure 
Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Jen Harper, the founder of Cheekbone Beauty, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. I created a business that's not innovative in any shape or form unless giving back I mean, I guess giving back is a new kind of innovation, right? And I know and realize that I don't have a product that is revolutionary, so to speak, in the beauty industry. I'm just selling another lipstick, great quality, made in Canada, not tested on animals, vegan, free of all the bad stuff that's in cosmetics, but it's not revolutionary. So I was well aware of that. My edge is tapping into a community that the beauty industry has never tapped into. So the value that I bring is the audience that I've created. We now have almost 20,000 followers on Instagram in this short period of time that were all organically, that was organically built. We have 7,000 people that read our stories and follow those every single day. Uh, And this is a community of Indigenous people that want an Indigenous beauty brand in in, in the store like Sephora. Um, so I, that's an interesting segue you just made because I, I wanted to touch on that. Um, I would make the hypothesis, the assumption that the majority of your customers right now are from the indigenous uh, um, communities. But are you seeing that that is starting to 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 shift a bit to a broader audience that is non-indigenous who are gravitating towards uh, the message in the in the community and the understanding? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have always had a real mix, um, but obviously I think that our, the, our predominant customer is an Indigenous person at this time, but the, yes. the mix is there. And then I see it what happening whenever I get to do a speaking engagement. So I did something for an accounting firm um, at the Globe and Mail building two weeks ago and this is an audience of about 300 women from in business in Toronto whether it be CEOs of companies or head of marketing teams whatever it was called a women for women day um, and they invited to me as one of the panelists and after that it's an entire audience of non-indigenous people and the emails and the conversations and the support I had from that presentation was at I'm going to tear up right now because I was just, I was so moved by all of these women and what they wanted to do. One of them is good friends with the founder of Bite Beauty, which is another Canadian cosmetics brand. I had lunch with the founder the week after, like she set that up. Um, Wow. Another woman is the friend of the former CEO of Sephora. So how can we help you when you have this meeting with them? So, um, and all kinds of women from all different sectors, what can they do to help that we're all on indigenous? And it just, it overwhelms me because when you see that, yes, yes, Canada wants this, mm-hmm. women want this, they want to support, support indigenous people.
thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Margaret Magdasian, CEO and founder of Ananda Devices, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast with River Corbett. And talking about challenge or uh, events, you won the Canadian Export Challenge. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And so uh, can you talk to us about your journey with the Canadian Export Challenge and uh, you know, how has it helped you and helping you with your mission with Ananda Devices? Well, it brings us a lot of visibility and I really hope that we'll bring more visibility, especially in Ottawa, uh, because we're developing a technology now where we can get data, data from human patients and the human response to different drugs. And other countries are really protective about it and our competitors in other countries are mainly being are heavily uh, receiving money from from the military. Yes. While here in Canada, uh, we have had a certain difficulty to you know to meet with uh, the Minister of Health or to Minister of Innovation or something to make sure that you know our technology is open to all Canadians. Yeah, well, and that's, uh, I think it's important to, to, as you say, nurture those opportunities. Uh, and what are you seeing uh, in other businesses that you would suggest, you know, based on my experience, I would change you uh, and do it this way. And I'm and particularly talking about scientists, scientists that are on a journey like you are with their research. Uh, is there uh, becoming a more of an interest for scientists to become uh, entrepreneurs or where does where does that all fit in in uh, in with your profession yeah well now it's actually it's really hard for phd's to get a job right there's just so many academic positions and especially in yes. science i think from seven scientists that graduate with a phd only one will get an academic position uh, the other six are still looking for alternatives. And I think uh, that's our chance. You know, let's see this as a, a great opportunity. That's the opportunity to make an impact, to bring research from academia and implement in the industry, to innovate. And let's hope that we can do this here in Canada as well. 